Phil, one of the uh, other elders of the church, so wonderfully um, led us through parts of chapter two a few weeks ago uh, and is going to look at the end of chapter three uh, with us uh, this morning. Uh, So let me pray for Phil uh, as he shares with us. Uh, Were you going to clap him, Angela? Why don't we clap him? (laughs) Too right. Too right. See, you're more generous than me, Angela. Not that you need generosity to be clapped for, Phil. Anyway, let's pray before I dig a hole. Father God, <laughs> Father God, thank you so much that you speak to us through your words. Thank you that your word uh, is the sword of the spirit. It pierces our hearts. Lord, we want to have ears that are open to you. We want to have hearts that are open to you. And I pray that as Phil shares the things you've been speaking to him about through the scripture, as he shares the things you're putting on his heart right now, Lord, that we will be a people who go out here changed. We will be a people who see you as more glorious and who ourselves are becoming more and more in your likeness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Well, as Luke said... um, We're going to be continuing in the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Um, And today we'll be continuing in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through to 21. So feel free to find that um, in your Bibles. I'm not hearing much flickering, which must mean you've all just got digital devices. Are we in that age now? You used to be able to just hear rustling, but no, no, not anymore. Just just tapping, <laughs> just irritating tapping. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, is, it is so good, um, it is so good to be together. Friends, family, uh, I mean that when I talk to you. It's so good to be together uh, and to open God's word to us. Um, cool, just checking how much time I've got. So, I think probably the best thing for us to do is to get straight into it. We're going to read From verse 14 through to 21, Ephesians chapter 3, it says this. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth are named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This, um, I, I said this in our, in our first meeting, but we say so often, God, that's just loaded with so much goodness. And we probably say that every week. And the reason for that is the Bible is loaded with so much goodness. Um, and this passage is no different. Uh, there's so much. We, you could study this for weeks. Um, but I'm just going to draw out four things from this prayer that the Apostle Paul prays for this church in Ephesus, this church on the western coast of modern-day Turkey. So we're going to look at, (coughs) he is father of all. He strengthens us. We're going to look at the immeasurable love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and being filled with, that's four, and being filled with the fullness of God. 
Um, but firstly, he's the father of all. Paul says, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We have, um, Rachel and I is the we, that's my wife. We have some friends, um, I say friends, we haven't seen them in nine years, so that's terrible from us. Uh, they were close friends, good guys, um, in London, at our church in London, um, and they had a YouTube channel. Uh, they've set up a YouTube channel, which is really, really successful, like really successful. You kind of think, wow, I know those guys. <laughs> um, I've never done anything quite as successful as that. Um, but they, occasionally they're Christians, but the, the channel is entertainment, it's not Christian per se. Uh, but occasionally they invite a guy called Reverend Chris. I don't think his first name is Reverend and his second name is Chris. I think his first name is Chris. But he is a reverend. And he comes on occasionally just to, um, to, to, to add the flavour of faith and Christian faith to that channel. Uh, and, you know, that's the window of opportunity that they have in their context to say, you know, whilst we're also here for entertainment, we also love the Lord. And um, Chris, uh, the Reverend, and these two guys, Josh and Ollie, uh, in their YouTube channel, Jolly, um, have an episode where Reverend Chris comes on and they talk about faith. They talk about prayer. They talk about children's prayers, which are very beautiful, uh, very often, and very simple and full of faith. And so we've got four that we're just going to look at. It should hopefully come up on the screen. The first says this, Dear God, I keep waiting for spring, but it never come yet. Don't forget. That's, that's from Mark. The next one is, Dear God, thank you for the baby brother. But what I prayed for was a puppy. <laughs> That's from Joyce. Joyce is still praying for a puppy. Did you really mean do unto others as they do unto you? Because if you did, then I'm going to fix my brother. <laughs> Darla. Darla, I think, must be American. And I think this is a classic English phrase that Americans use incorrectly. If you're American, we love you. Um, <laughs> Because I think fix in this context is, I'm going to fix my brother. So Darla's not having thoughts of love towards her. She's wrestling with morality and dif difficult things. The next one says, Dear Jesus, please don't come back before the next Cars movie. <laughs> now, you all, you all laugh. I'm sure you've all prayed similar things. Like, please don't come back before the next Line of Duty series comes out, or, or please don't come back before the next Super Bowl series, I love that. Um, Jesus said to the children, he said to his disciples, let the children come to me. He said, if you, enter, if you want to enter the kingdom, come like a child. So there's something very beautiful about the way children are and how they express their faith, their innocence, their trust in God. Uh, but there's also something very beautiful as we grow up in maturity as Christians in Christ, coming to know, into, you know, as we grow in years into adulthood, there's a knowledge and an understanding and a capacity we have to, to grasp the deeper things um, and to see the things that are important. So actually, hopefully many of us, we're, we're not praying, don't come back to the next Cars movie comes out. 
We're saying like John did in Revelation, at the end of Revelation, come Lord Jesus. I've, seen, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And so knowing where my priorities now lie, there's nothing greater than him to come back. That in itself is a challenge, isn't it? But Paul equally um, knows who he's coming to. He's, he's, he's got a beautiful relationship with God, which is deep and rich and full, and he knows who he's coming to. He knows the Lord who he's coming to, and he says, so I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Another translation for this could be from, from, from whom all fatherhood is named. He is the father of all. He is the source of life, the giver of life. Everything and everyone, every living creature that is and ever has been is from him and because of him and through him. He is the source of all life. Paul knows this is who I'm coming to. This is who I'm coming to. And because I know who I'm coming to, I've got confidence to ask for some pretty, good, some pretty big things. Not just help me not to fix my brother who's annoyed me. So Paul knows who he's coming to. I wonder... How do you come to God? How do you pray when you come to God? What, are your, what goes through your head when you're coming to the Father? Paul says he's the Father of all. He's the source of life. Paul, Paul writes in a time in the Roman Empire where there's a deity for this and a deity for that and a deity for something else. There's a harvest God, a fertility God, a sea God and a sky God and a moon God and... Paul says, now I come to the Father, the source of life and everything that is. The one who knows every name before, you know, whoever will be and whoever has been. He's the, he's the great I am. More than that, he is that. He's also Father. That's remarkable. Paul didn't pray, um, and he could have done. He didn't pray mighty God, and that would be appropriate. But he's showing us something. He's a Father. He's the Father of all. He's the Father of you and me. It's glorious. He, he loves us. It means he, he loves us. His fatherhoodness of God is that his disposition towards us is to draw near and to care and to come close. And I know what you're going through. He's the father. And so Paul comes confidently. We've looked at fatherhood. He's the father of all. And so Paul prays. Next thing we'll look at, strengthening. Verses 16 to 18, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints the love of Christ. There's a twofold strengthening deal that's going on here. This is like protein plus protein. Um, if you work out at the gym, you'll know exactly what I mean. If you don't, then I don't either. It's fine. Um, is a twofold strengthening. Firstly, that we would be strengthened with power. Wow. Strengthened with power. How? By his spirit in our inner being. There is a strengthening that this wonderful, glorious Father wants to do in you. In, that is to strengthen you. That is to gird you up, to make you, to make you strong in your heart. That doesn't mean that we don't go through Tough times which knock us for six, but it means in your heart, I've, you know, there's a strengthening I want to give you. There's a strengthening that his spirit wants to do in you. Next to that, joined to that, Paul says that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength with all the saints, to comprehend with all the saints, with everyone at Life Church. 
what is the immeasurable love of Christ. There's a, this is a twofold strength, and they don't go separately. They don't exist in, in separate vacuums. They exist together. Paul says, no, be strengthened in your heart, in your inner being by his spirit powerfully. Allow him to do that. That, that requires, honestly, it requires, it requires getting into this. It requires spending time with him. My, my, my relationship with my wife is not very good when I don't spend time with her. My relationship with my wife is strong when I nurture that relationship. There, there is an onus on us, friends. Not, not under legalism. There's therefore no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But to come to him, the lover of your soul, the father of all, and to, and, and to strengthen yourself, devoting yourself to him. The second thing that is intrinsically linked, that cannot be separated, is that strengthening comes having strength to comprehend with the saints. Having strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the love of God. Your strengthening comes from being among the saints. It is intrinsically linked to you as a Christian if you want to live a fruitful life. Be part of the body of Christ. Be part of the body of Christ. My personal testimony is that I am strengthened in life groups. I am strengthened there. I'm not just pushing it and selling it because I oversee life groups. I'm strengthened in life groups. This is part of God's providence for us, that we do togetherness. And as we do that, we're strengthened. I, a couple of weeks ago, I made a point of mentioning this to the life group that I'm part of, Des and Beth's life group. Um, I said to them, this has strengthened me. I, I'm so encouraged. I was, I, was, I was still a bit coldy, and I have been for the last three or so weeks, just, just a little bit under health. You can R if you want. Um, oh, it's okay. Um, and so I went there a little bit more flat than usual. I, wanna, I need to go to life group. This is good for me. And I said to them that evening, oh, you've strengthened me. I am so encouraged. I'm built up in my faith. I comprehend with my life group and with you on a Sunday what is the immeasurable love of Christ towards us. You cannot exist as a Christian and just do one or the other and be full healthy. No, this is the provision of God that we do life for one another. And so I might add, if you're not part of a life group, come and chat to me or, or go online and join a life group. I'd love to link you in with a life group. Why? Because... It's not just some funky thing that life church do. It's, it's, it's what scripture, the word of God, encourages us to do. Your strengthening comes from being devoted, enjoying with all the saints his love. Third thing, second prayer point Paul draws out. Third thing, to understand the immeasurable love of Christ. Verse 18 and 19. To comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I don't normally do this, but just come with me for a moment. This is a bit of a, uh, it might sound like a mindfulness or a counselling session. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, I want us just to imagine for a moment, you are dropped into the middle of the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific Ocean is the biggest ocean on the face of planet Earth, and it covers 63,800,000 square miles, of water, immense, powerful, untamed water. And little old you is just plopped in the middle of it. You are, as far as the eye can see, absolutely surrounded and immersed in a body of water which is 
awesome and powerful and more than you can understand. Now I want you to imagine for a second that that Pacific Ocean of sea, that endless ocean of powerful water that you're in is the love of Christ. That is nothing compared comparatively to his actual love for you. I think that's quite staggering. If you were immense, uh, if you were immersed in the Pacific Ocean, the towering waves, sheer volume of water, comparatively, that is nothing compared to the love that Christ has for you. That is staggering. And so it matters. It matters that we, we come to him, we enjoy him. It matters that we start to comprehend these things. Paul start to comp- started to comprehend these things. That's why his, his interest is on these disciples knowing this about God. Friends, this is the love of Christ for you. That's why, that is why the eternal begotten son, the uncreated eternal son of God, thought it good in the Godhead to say yes, to rescue these people. I'm going to be crucified on a cross because their, their lostness and their sinfulness requires me to die for them to bring them back into relationship. That makes sense of how much Christ loves you. The eternal God, Jesus, died in your place to save you. That is the immeasurable love of Christ. It's an oxymoron, isn't it? Paul says the immeasurable love of Christ so that you'd grasp it, this love that you cannot fathom. (laughs) You know, this that surpasses knowledge. By the way, you won't get it. But such is the love of God for us. The fourth thing that Paul, uh, third thing that Paul mentions, fourth thing we'll look at, that we're filled with all the fullness of God. So it comes at the end of verse 19 and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God I don't think Paul was being just just um, enthusiastic I think he wasn't just he hadn't got just just got to a point in his prayer where he was yeah 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 and all the fullness of God oh no that doesn't work no he, this isn't an exaggeration it's not Paul just going on a mad one and being over-enthusiastic, what Paul's praying for is that this church, this group of disciples, that they would know that God's heart is that they would increasingly enjoy and know and be filled with and be satisfied in him. There is a fullness and a joy and a satisfaction that, that God wants us to know. There's a fullness that we can receive of him, that we can enjoy Paul says, I pray that you'll be filled with all the fullness of God. He's writing to a group of disciples, this church, who live in a city in the Roman Empire that would have had, Ephesus was a booming city. There was enough stuff around them that could have said, look, I can satisfy you with some fullness. Come here, look, look try this out. I can, I can give you fullness in this. There's enough stuff. Friends, when we take our phones out of our pockets, in this day and age, there are almost innumerable things that are shouting out to us, come, come and fill yourself with this. Come and indulge yourself here. You can, you can take of your fill and leave and then come back whenever you want. Paul prays, prays, no, I pray that you'd be filled with the fullness of him, 
with the fullness of God. It's not an exaggeration. This isn't Jesus. In Jesus, the fullness of God dwelt bodily. One Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter one. This isn't that. This is Paul's praying. I pray that you would know the fullness of God in you, that you would be satisfied in him, that your deepest joy and peace and, 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 and pleasure would be in him who has filled you. There's a fullness for us, friends. There is a genuine joy and fullness that we get to experience as we're strengthened among the saints and together in your inner being, personally, that we would know his fullness and enjoy that. Do you, does that resonate with you? Perhaps there's one or two here you think, I'm, I'm not sure God even wants to, to know me, let alone fill me with his fullness. The Bible says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. If you draw near to him, he will not leave you. He wants to come to you and to fill you and for you to know him and to know you. And so I'd love us to, to respond in a moment. But verse 20 says, now to him who is able to do abundantly more than we ask or imagine according to the power at work within us. He can do abundantly more than all that we ask or imagine. So this, what Paul prays here, that you'd be filled with the fullness of God, he can do abundantly more than. It's quite, you can't fathom that entirely. But how can we know that that's true? Well, because he's already done. He has already done abundantly more than we have ever asked. He's already done abundantly more than we could ever imagined. He's already done abundantly more than we could ever have deserved. That is what Jesus has done to us. And so the heart of God is to come and meet us where we are. The heart of God is that we would be filled, strengthened individually, strengthened in the saints. The heart of God is that we would know him, that we would know the love of Christ, his love that he has for us. The heart of God is that you'd be filled with the fullness of him so that as other things offer themselves to you, you'd say, no, I'm filled with the fullness of God. I'm so satisfied in him. I'm so, I'm so richly satisfied in him. I simply am not bothered about this or that or any other temptation that offers me satisfaction because I'm satisfied in him. There's a satisfaction, friends, that he wants to give us. And he can do abundantly more than that. He has demonstrated that in that Jesus died for you in your place and was raised so that you could be raised into newness of life. If that's unfamiliar for you, and uh, a new gospel or, or you've not heard the gospel before, I'd love it if you were able to respond and chat to the person you came with, find someone to chat to, come chat to uh, myself or Luke or Paul's disappeared. Um, we'd love to talk to you. But I'd love to pray for us as, um, as I come into land. Father, I thank you that you are, you're the, you're the father of all, you're glorious. You're mighty, you're enthroned in the heavens. You're full of splendor. And yet, and yet we get to come to you and call you our Father in heaven. And you are the Father of all, the source of life. Lord, I thank you that as we come to you, we know that it's, we know that it's your desire that we would be strengthened, that we would know your love, which surpasses our knowledge, which we can't fully know, and that we would be filled with you. And so, Father, I pray, would you help us I pray in our limited uh, capacity 
to understand these things, you'd help us. You'd help us be those who love you, who, who seek first the kingdom of God, who, who, who put you first because you're the Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd really help us. Lord, we want to be those who are, who, are, who are so captivated by you. And because of our captivation of you, are devoted to you and to one another. And that together, Lord, I pray that we will increasingly grasp as a church your incredible, immeasurable love towards us. To you, Lord, who is able to do far more immeasurably than we could ask or think. In your name we ask, Lord Jesus. Amen.